0: Hey, listeners, we're taking a short hiatus from recording for just a few weeks. And during that time, we're sharing some of our favorite or most popular episodes from the past year. While we're away, we'd still love your Apple Podcast reviews, your emails, texts, and voicemails. And we will still be active in the Good Enough Ish Facebook group. We hope you enjoy this replay. Welcome to Good Enough Ish. I'm Brooke Forey, and I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish,
1: and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com.
0: If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484 440 9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Good morning. Good morning, Amanda. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm good. I gave
1: Junie a bone this morning yeah. to because she was kind of losing her mind,
0: as she as one does when I walk in the door. Yeah,
1: well, she was already super rambunctious before you got here, and you just added a whole nother layer. But this bone is loud. That's
0: cool. I think everybody's used to her. Yeah. So Junie if you hear just a stra- strange gnawing,
1: gnawing in the background, that's just Junie.
0: That's just. Junie,
1: <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom. I know, It's just, just thinking, Junie, like just that's Jack just
0: Junie. Yeah, remember? Did you watch Will and Grace? Yes, Just Jack. Yes, God loved him. Oh, uh, and he he has a podcast. Yes, he's on Smartlist, which I, I love. There's so, I haven't listened to that in a while. They're, They're so good, so ridiculous.
1: I even listened to the commercials because the commercials are hysterical.
0: Oh, me too, especially his uh-huh. um, Sean <laughs> Hayes. He's just he's just a goofball. Uh, Amanda, we have – so this is our first time recording together since we aired the Vulnerability Hangover episode Yes, that was all about your TEDx experience. And we have had so much wonderful feedback. Um, People totally empathized and sympathized and just felt for you for that experience that you went through. Um, We've all agreed that Kai, not Shay, but Kai,
1: whose (laughs) name... I can't believe I got his name wrong. It's
0: fine. My new
1: best friend. Your new best friend. And I got his name
0: wrong. It's fine. You were in a moment of crisis. Kyrie understands. Um, Everyone loves Kai now. We're going to maybe plan a field trip to (laughs) White House Black Market at the Cherry Hill Mall to visit him. Um, But you wanted to add a couple more thoughts about, about the whole... Yes, thing.
1: I, it was so lovely because so many people got like mad. They were like, they're very defensive of oh, us yeah, and protective yeah. and very defensive. But I just wanted to be super, super clear that the feedback that I received did not come from the TEDx team of amazing
0: students that ran this, this TEDx Rutgers yeah. Camden. I could not believe that that like when I learned that the entire thing was planned by students. Oh my God. These, I was like, oh.
1: These students were running circles around us adults. I mean, it was amazing. It was one of the most organized TEDx's that I've ever heard of. In fact, several other TEDx's are reaching out to them to get feedback on how did you do this? Like, how did you run? And this group of students, even last year, they were planning on having their first ever in-person TEDx. And then that was when the huge spike happened in december of last year and in a week they had to turn it all around and the university closed and they had to go virtual so i can't say enough about how amazing this student run tedx team is and i just want to be crystal clear with everybody that the feedback that i received did not come yeah from that team because the last thing uh, the experience that i had was so amazing and I would never in a million years want anyone to think ill of that team.
0: Yeah. Because they I mean, they built like an amazing system and hopefully they'll be able to now continue to put that on either every other year, right? Or I think every year. Every yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just we just wanted to make sure. Yes. So Give so shout them out credit where credit was due. Yes. Shout out to that amazing team. And yeah, wanna yeah. make sure everybody understands that. Another thing that I heard from from a few <laughs> friends was about my Trader Joe's conundrums. <laughs> so the morning that um let's see, episode what I feel like everybody, it? I mean, when I was editing that
1: episode, I was like, Brooks real upset. Real impassioned. So I feel like, you know, several of your friends probably reached out to be like, are you okay?
0: (laughs) So that was episode 40. I had some rants about Trader Joe, the person (laughs) removing some of my favorite items from the shelves, received a text, like, first thing the morning that podcast went live from my friend Betsy in Chicago. She was like, reporting from Chicago. (laughs) The mini meatballs are still in stock here. So that gave me some hope. So Brooke got on a plane to Chicago. (laughs) Then the Next day, I went to Trader Joe's. Not only did they have my mini meatballs back in stock, I bought two bags. Yeah. They also had Dunkers back in stock. Okay. So Nick had been told that Dunkers were discontinued. Oh. So did I take a picture of the dunker shelf and send it to my family at home? Yes, and I did. Me. Yes. Uh-huh. And you. Uh-huh. And then another friend the following day sent me the same picture because she didn't know if I had been there yet. Yeah. And she was like, I you know, I panicked a little bit when I heard that you were having trouble with the mini meatballs and the dunkers. Yeah. I mean, your mental health right now is connected to the Trader
1: Joe's supply chain. It sure is. So, yeah. so well,
0: that's great, Brooke Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a real it, – it was a really uh, – It was touch and go there. It really was. It, it kind of, you know, made my weekend go a little smoother, having yeah. my mini meatballs back, my dunkers. Your dunk dunks. And Trader Joe's has also redeemed themselves with a very cute Valentine's heart wreath. You know how they have the little um the little wool ball oh, I garland? Like and stuff? I have
1: that on my tree. Yes,
0: so we bought those around Christmas time. Now they have pink, red and white ones for Valentine's Day and then they have a matching heart wreath.
1: Oh. I only
0: bought the wreath, not the garland. But is it
1: on your Is it cute. on your when do we start to put up Valentine's I decorations? Put, now, did you put it up? I
0: put it up on my front door because Paige really you. likes to decorate for holidays. So I figured it was going to – the question was going to be coming soon. Like, you were proactive. When, when are we decorating for Valentine's You went Day? on offense for that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So that's up. Nice.
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: All right. Great. And um, one other kind of back to the little TEDx thing. I forgot I was going to share this. I saw some great – I saw a great uh, comment on Instagram last week. Claire Tomorrow, do you know Claire? No. She is actually, she was based in this area. She has a huge Instagram following all about body positivity. And she had posted um, an outfit that I guess some of her followers did not like. And Mm. many people commented like, this is not working for you, whatever. And one comment that stood out for me was someone who just emphasized the five-second rule for commenting on someone's appearance. Okay. If it's something they can fix in five seconds, such as your fly is down, Uh you have food in your teeth, your tag is sticking out, something like that it's okay to kindly mention it. But if you can't fix it or change it in five seconds, like body shape, outfit, size, weight, haircut. Haircut. That's a good one. It is not your place to say a thing. Yes. So like, granted, yes, this is an Instagram influencer who is showing outfits to her followers and stuff. But like, are the negative comments necessary? No, I, I don't think so. Outfit. What was the that? It problem was like a outfit. cute little um overall jumpsuit thing that was like for lounging around the house or something. But it was just, it was, I loved this comment about the five-second rule. You know, we all know the five-second rule, especially with kids. For <laughs> if you drop food on the floor, <laughs> yep. it's fine within five seconds. But I thought this was a interesting new take on the five second rule like you just don't comment on someone's appearance yes. unless it's a little something that like they that. clearly want a little help if their fly is down I like that
1: yeah you know what I'm thinking about right now is all the different ways that you can tell somebody that their their fly is down mm-hmm. like do you know like they say that your barn door is open
0: mm-hmm. what are the other <laughs> You know what I mean? I think you should just say your zipper's down or your fly is down. Your
1: fly is down, your zipper's down, barn door's open. Mm-hmm. I think there's – I want to hear from listeners because I bet that people have a lot of different ways to say that your fly is down. Like in
0: code? So Correct. that the – so other people around
1: you don't hear it? Yeah. And I'm going to ask Fernando because I bet in Spanish they have really funny ones too. Okay. Because it's really funny that, to hear the different sayings that he has for things that we have. Like for us, for example, it's like the early bird gets the worm. And in Mexico, it's something about some shrimp in the ocean and hmm. the shrimp and the wave. And
0: <laughs> Well, and like, why do we call a zipper a fly? Your fly is down. Oh. I wonder where that – Oh. oh research time mm. this is this is hard hitting yes. journalism gonna- <laughs> <laughs> yes just Where does another that come from? disclaimer we're we not experts or journalists You're fly. yeah i don't know we're going right yeah, to can, can i look it up right now yeah why are why zippers called, called flies technically the term fly originated from victorian times the opening on a tent was referred to as a fly a fly is any flap of material attached on one side, which covers a series of buttons or zipper. That is from
1: oh, So, so Brooke, I think what's happening there is you don't say your fly is down. You say your fly is open because your fly is actually the flap. The flap.
0: It is not the zipper. But no one actually says your fly is open. Is we your, say your fly, your fly is, is down.
1: down. But the fly, wow. Wow.
0: Interesting. Fascinating stuff, guys. I'm sure we've gained <laughs> so many yeah. listeners from this. Yeah. Well, and then, okay, nope, I'm getting, sorry. Uh-oh. I'm Some getting Conflicting reports. Conflicting reports. In. Again, this is like the top of the Google results. Yeah, God I'm, knows where. we're. Who knows where these sources are coming from. Okay. The term comes from aviation. Oh, when people, oh my gosh! When people first began flying aircraft, they did not have the same advanced navigation tools and abilities to communicate with people on the ground. Okay. Therefore, people were flying by the seat of their pants. Oh, wait! Flying by the seat of their pants or flying oh. without the ability to communicate or fully plan things that's out. That's the flying by the. Seat that's of flying your by place. the seat of your pants. Sorry, they they confused mm-hmm. the questions.
1: But here. that's, I mean, but then we're learning something there too about where does flying by the seat of your
0: pants come
1: from. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by where things come from, but like I had never
0: thought of that before. Like, why is a zipper called a fly? It's right. just it was a it's a universal thing. But yes, I wonder if like if you had said that f- to Fernando when he first moved to the U.S., like would he have known what you were talking about? No. If you said your fly was down. No.
1: No. No. Like because we say stuff all the time that like to a non English speaker you might be like, well, six one half dozen the other, and they're like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Or even me? Like the Chileans are so famous for having so many like colloquialisms, and there's one that's like they say in Spanish, like "no me estás no me está pescando," like you're not. But in, that literally means you're not fishing me, <laughs> but it means like you're not paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that, like, what? You're not fishing me? We're going fishing? Like, why are we talking about fishing? And it's like, why are not you paying attention to me? And it's like, I, why would I be fishing? So just stupid stuff like
0: that. So strange. Yeah. I know. I was watching a show, I forget what it was now, but the the character said something and something in me just thought like, what does that even mean? It's such a common expression. And now of course I can't think of it. But it's like when you truly think of it, you're like, why does that expression mean what it means? Because it makes no sense.
1: I'm sure there is a podcast about expressions. I'm, I'm
0: sure there is. Okay. We will find it.
1: We will find it. Okay. I want to give a little treat to our listeners today, okay. which is I have this cool new thing that I'm trying out this weekend. I don't love the name I came up with it for, it, but whatever. <laughs> good it's enough. Fish. Called, good enough ish. It's called the Get Organized Summit. And so basically this Saturday, February 4th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be hopping on my computer and anybody can join from anywhere and declutter an area of their home mm-hmm. together with me. So they could be on their phone, they could be on their laptop, they could be wherever, and they could be working on their linen closet or their junk drawer or their, you know, entryway closet. And I'm just super excited about it because yeah. it's just kind of a way for you to just get something done. And can they like ask you questions? They can they have ask your me accountability. Yeah. Stuff. I'm going to start it off with a little pep talk. I'll have timers on. So okay. it'll be like, okay, first go 25 minutes. We'll have check-ins. People can ask me questions. It's normally $47, and I did officially close tickets on Monday, but I'm going to give our listeners a little coupon code so you can get $5 off with code Enough ish Mm -hmm. So you guys are going to be, this episode airs on Thursday, and this is going to be Saturday the 4th, so you can always head to my Instagram to get more information, and we'll put a link in the show notes as well so that you... Get
0: that link. Awesome, and it's such a good way to stay accountable because once you've paid a little bit for something, you want to show up. Yes, and they're not just going to like show up and be told to clean up their stuff. Like you're going to be available to give some insights. And um, I, I might pop in. Yeah, I, I didn't ask you this yet. We do have a seven-year-old's birthday party later that day. But since this is happening earlier, I might might pop in and get a little advice from you and um, just focus on one area for two hours. It's like such a way to just get through it.
1: Yeah. Like I'm going to work on my taxes, like just getting all the documents together and, you know, just getting.
0: I should actually probably do that, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. one of our listeners, lists. she is going to be working on – she's super creative. She's going to be working on all her art supplies, just like love clearing it. out all the old paints and, you know, or she was thinking about she's been wanting to hang a gallery wall. So, I know. I might need to pop by Uh-huh, uh-huh. So she might work on the gallery
0: wall that Call she's been Liz. wanting on. Yeah.
1: So Yeah, yeah. so, so code wall. good enough-ish. Get five bucks off. Join us on Saturday. I'd love to see you there.
0: And where do they put in the code, Amanda? Is this all available on your website? Yes. And we'll link to it in the show notes.
1: Yeah. So if you go to my website, indigoorganizing.com, there's a banner at the top. There's a little pop-up. If you go to my Instagram, which is at J, that's the link in profile. So it should be very easy to find.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. All right. Should we take a little break? Yes. Let's do it. We'll come back. Okay.
1: Hey, listeners. Amanda here. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by leaving positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, find that purple podcast app, search for Good Enough-ish, scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections to tap five stars and write your own review. You might even get a shout out on the show. Your support means so much and will help new listeners find us. Thanks so much. Now back to the show.
0: Amanda, we're back. We're back. And wow. I'm I'm excited <laughs> for this discussion because even just preparing for our discussion, we both got a little fired up here. Yeah. So in case any of you haven't heard, um, the Kanmari creator, Marie Kondo, mm-hmm. um, has recently been exposed (laughs) as someone who now that she has three kids is not keeping her house tidy at all times. And so much to say. First of all, like I saw these clickbait headlines and I'm like, yeah, this isn't like groundbreaking news. She has three kids, so her life changed a little bit, but she's still a professional organizer and she still has these great methods. That changes nothing. But that would be a really boring discussion if we left it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, Amanda, you have like ties to Konmari because you were trained under Marie Kondo, like actually her first class of KonMari consultants, mm-hmm. um, and you've done work for the KonMari organization, but you are not – today here, you are speaking as Amanda yes. Human, not any representative of the
1: KonMari organization or speaking for Marie Kondo or anything. I'm right. sharing my personal Personal opinions. opinion. Yes.
0: So like – yeah. What so, you thinking?
1: Yeah, I was trained by um, Marie Kondo and her team in August of 2016, so I was one of the first, gosh, certified KonMari consultants. And so, yeah, KonMari is a big part of my life and my world. And man, this I I've probably had 15 people send me this article. Yeah, and it's so crazy because how I mean. It must be just like a slow news
0: cycle or something <laughs> because that's all anybody is talking about. It's so interesting. And I think we've we've mentioned this before, but who, anyone who m- might be new to the podcast, just give us a little snippet of what Kanmari is. Yes. Yes. And then we'll talk a little bit about what
1: specifically she said. Right. And then I really want you to read out some of these clickbait oh he- headlines because that they're hysterical.
0: Is... They're hysterical. And then even like the first sentence or two or s- – uh, of some of these pieces, it's like they're counting on people not reading any further. And then you actually read and you're like, oh yeah, this sounds reasonable. Yeah. But continue.
1: Yeah. So the KonMari method. So Marie Kondo is a Japanese decluttering guru and, um, basically had a very thriving business in Japan for many years. And then she decided to write a book that ultimately got translated, um, and came over to the United States, I think in about 2014 called the life changing magic of tidying up. And, um, the book took the world by storm, millions of copies sold, and essentially it's um, choosing what sparks joy, mm-hmm. letting go of what doesn't spark joy in your home, and it's going category by category. So there's five KonMari categories, clothing, books, paper, kimono, and sentimental and the idea is that you go in that order and you're kind of strengthening your spark joy muscles as you go Mm -hmm. when you read the book there's actually really two parts to it there's one which is the major decluttering life-changing event and then the second one is I feel like more what she's talking about right now which is the tidying up yeah the daily maintenance Mm -hmm. of that and so what she came out saying and it's funny because What she, the actual sentence that she said was, I've kind of given up on that. And in the context of what she was talking about, she was talking about, I have three young kids. Mm -hmm. I have given up on the perfectionism of daily tidying and having my home look perfect. Mm -hmm. But luckily for her and luckily for so many other people that I've worked with and that she's taught, she has this amazing foundation of already having a home that only has things in it that are useful to her and spark joy for her. Right. So when she says she's she's not saying oh that entire method that I created it's all junk. It like it doesn't mean anything. I was wrong. She's not backtracking on the whole spark joy um, no. theory. Yeah. She's just basically saying, I cannot get my home back to the way that I used to on a daily basis because I have three young children. Mm -hmm. I had one client say once something that I thought was hysterical, which was like trying to keep the house tidy with young kids is like trying to brush your teeth while eating Oreos.
0: (laughs) Gross. You know what I mean? And I think that's what
1: she's saying. Like it's ludicrous to try to brush teeth while you're eating Oreos. Yeah. So that's basically all she was saying, Brooke. Right. Right. And so take that, what she said, and share with me, please, some of these clickbait headlines.
0: Right. And then we're going to share maybe some of the reactions that it's like, "Um, did you read it at all? (laughs) Anyway, so I just searched for Marie Kondo on Google and, you know, basically all of the articles that came up at the top, I kind of went through. And it's funny how the different news organizations or whatever you want to call some of these websites that are not newsy like I don't know what Jezebel would be considered, um, but first of all, CNN, um, Marie Kondo is focusing on what's important, and that means letting the tidying slide. I felt like that was a reasonable headline. Reasonable. Um, let's see. Um, the Guardian, Queen of Clean, Marie Kondo says she has kind of given up on tidying at home. Jezebel. This is my favorite. This Marie my Kondo favorite. gives up on tidying, prompting Twitter to to devolve into mess. And then I'd like to read you the first two cent- the first paragraph. Uh-huh. This um this podcast is now where we just read things from the internet to you, but I hope nobody minds. So again, remember this is a clickbait title, which. I- I don't totally blame people. for Like, I get it. As a business owner, like, sometimes you have yeah, you to gotta make it juicy. You got to make it juicy. But so that was the juicy clickbait title. Then it says, have you heard the news? Marie Kondo is a total slob now and is, inv- is vindictively laughing all the way to the bank with the money you foolishly spent on her organized organization empire. It's either that or Kondo, who recently had her third child, has naturally shifted her position on neatness and is instead sparking joy by spending time with her kiddos. I'm leaning toward the latter, but that may be irrelevant because a bashless like, back. Sorry, I can't talk today. Because a bashless, <laughs> <laughs> bashless. Nope. <laughs> because a backlash cycle has formed online. Destroying everything in its wake. Take cover. So I love that, you know, the author kind of cheekily says, oh, just kidding, it's the second one. But we all know that people don't actually read the articles, yeah. they just read the headlines. So I was like, as soon as I saw this circulating and I saw people posting on social media, like, I feel vindicated. Marie Kondo can't even keep her house clean. And I'm like, well, No, she's just saying that her idea of perfection and tidiness has changed once she has three kids. But like, I still... Use a lot of the strategies you taught me yes. and Marie taught me in her Which show. Which I taught you
1: while you had young kids.
0: Yeah. And I con would my home when I had young a young kid. Right. And like I have figured out – like you taught me the foundation and there's no KonMari police coming to check up on me. Like Nobody it is literally – forced you to do that. No, it's just what can work for me, what doesn't work for me. Like the whole – Folding my socks. I was like, yeah, Amanda, that's not going to happen. And so I stopped doing that. But like, it's just, it's a whole, I don't know, it just drives me bananas because people react when they haven't actually considered the words that she actually said. Correct. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I am a KonMari
1: consultant and I have a podcast that is called Good enough Fish. Yes. And (laughs) And you have
0: piles and (laughs) I mean, your house is always lovely, but But it's not, it's not perfect. No,
1: and I love that. And, you know, I do a lot of work within the KonMari company and they love that I have a podcast called Good enough Fish. and we even joke like in the, like we'll talk about whatever and be like, good enough fish, good enough fish. That was always something that we were taught, you know, this isn't this one size fits all, like you must do it this way. It's all about meeting people where they are and what season they're in. I mean, I used to I think maybe before I had this podcast, I used to stress about my home not being perfect because I thought that I'm a professional organizer. My house has to be, but I'm not a professional perfect person. No. And neither is Marie Kondo. And like my basement right now is a mess and I don't care.
0: And even you as a KonMari organizer, the KonMari police aren't even coming to your house. (laughs) No. It's funny because
1: <clears throat> Sometimes, you know, this whole movement is all about, like, her whole idea is about living a spark joy life. Yeah not having a perfect home. And so it's all about clearing out all of this clutter that's just weighing you down so that you can live a more spark joy life. That basement right now being a mess is not preventing me from living a spark joy life. None of that stuff down there is things that I need or that are interfering with my daily life. And that is fine. Yeah, That is good enough-ish.
0: And if it starts to impact your ability to get anything done or impact your level of anxiety, then you can take care of it and you know the strategies for doing so. Like I said, there's the two pieces of it too. There's that sort of
1: massive decluttering like I can't imagine a single one of my clients calling me up and being like Amanda I'm really missing <laughs> those 12 bags of goodwill clothes that we got rid of or gosh all that paperwork that was in my office like <laughs> I miss now that it so much <laughs> I wish it would all come back you know what I mean like that process is huge and it's transformative right, right? And it allows you to let things slide on the tidying because you don't have all this junk circulating around. Right.
0: Yeah, like I've found so... My in-laws came over on Saturday. It was kind of like a last-minute change of plans. We were maybe going to go there, and then we decided at the last minute they came to us. And so we had about a two-hour window from when we said, why don't you guys come to our house, until they arrived. And in those two hours, did we all clean a little bit? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But was our house already in good enough shape because we have good systems and we don't – A good baseline. Right. We're not drowning in clutter. Yes. By the end of the two hours, I had, you know, dusted and cleaned the floors a bit and put some clutter away and showered. And it was it was totally doable. So I've never take, I don't know, people just take things so literally. And, and also, while Marie Kondo has built this incredible empire, the most that I've ever physically bought from her is her book. Correct. And I watched Same her- Same for me. Right, and I watched her <laughs> I show on Netflix. Thousands
1: of dollars on this, right?
0: And people do pay people like you to help them organize. But like, I, I'm, I'm not like bitter that I gave her all this money and she's, quote unquote, backtracking on anything because she's yeah. not. But I'm just, I don't know the whole, the whole thing how it blew up. I, I, I just don't get it.
1: I know. It's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. There's like this, you know, that book, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know. Something. It just spiraled. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's, it's so fascinating because I, I, one of the things that I love about the KonMari method, too, is that it's a very much a use what you have method. I mean, when we first started, she didn't have, you know, the products at the container store and she didn't have the online store that she has now, which literally I've never purchased a single thing from her online store. And that is totally fine. I have clients that we have done their entire house top to bottom and have not purchased a single thing. In fact, they were about to do, you know, a $30,000 renovation of their kitchen. And after decluttering, they realized they have like two empty drawers. And didn't even need to do that. Yeah. but
0: Yeah. I think the whole thing is not just a lesson in no one's forcing this on you. She's putting it out there as a method that has worked for her and has worked for some other people. And she's sharing it. Take it or leave it. Do what you want. Be your own person. Yeah. I it's funny. That. Even in Chile,
1: my Chilean friends, it's like the cover of the newspaper in like Chile.
0: And it's crazy because it does not feel like a slow news cycle right now in exactly. any sense of the world. But I guess we all just needed this kind of puff piece. People <laughs> needed a little break. I guess so. Yeah. Or they just need someone to blame for their problems in Marie Kondo's. <laughs> I know. So it seemed like a good target at the moment. Yeah, I want to read an excerpt
1: from another article that I really liked, which was an opinion piece in the Washington Post, which I may be able to share in the show notes for people to read. I'm not sure. I'll see if it's behind a paywall. Okay. But it's called We Could All Learn from Marie Kondo's Untidy Pivot by Tracy Moore. And I'm going to read a long section here just because I feel like it really speaks to a lot of things I want to talk about. So here she says... After my mother died in 2016, my sisters and I stood dumbfounded at her decades worth of clutter bulging from every closet and shelf, working weekends and coordinating dumpster runs. It took us more than a year to clean out. Sure, there were sentimental photographs from childhood we wanted to keep, but there were computer manuals from the late 90s, numerous old hard drives, piles of fabric scraps, gardening tools, blah, blah, blah. You'll like this one, um, Brooke. A freezer full of food from 2012. Gotta freeze it. And even the bulk of her own deceased mother's estate. Never unboxed plates, skillets, and more fabric scraps. So she goes on to say, and I want to talk about this because this book is so great. And first, let me just circle back to say this is something that I hear from my clients all the time is cleaning out loved ones' homes and people with young children and full-time jobs. I mean, that are cleaning out the estates. It's huge. So she goes on. The Swedes have a solution for this. They call it, I don't know how to pronounce this, dostaning or death cleaning, which is a way of taking responsibility for your mess before shuffling off this mortal coil Author Margareta Magnuson framed Kondo's questions of joy another way. Will anyone I know be happier if I save this? Mm. Unsurprisingly, Americans found that idea far too sad, morbid, and weird to entertain. So I just want to stop there for a second because this woman, Margareta Magnuson, which I'm probably definitely butchering, she wrote this book called um, I think it's The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Mm. She's really funny. The book is really funny. It's such a quick read. You could read it in an afternoon. But she says she's somewhere between 80 and 100. And she talks about having to do several cleanups like that herself and not wanting to burden people with her stuff. Yeah. And so she really does reframe it. And we had my mom read that book when she was getting doing major downsizing and having to get rid of – I mean, she had like – my dad's parents' and grandparents' stuff. Um, and she read it, and I think hearing from another peer, yeah, like, it's okay, you know, was really, really helpful.
0: Yeah. It made me think a little bit back to um, my grandmother died uh, right before Nick and I got married in 2008, and she had already, you know, uh, had to sell their larger home after my grandfather was ill and then they moved to an apartment and then she moved to a smaller apartment by herself. So she had very few belongings at that point. So really the family wasn't burdened too much. Yeah. Um. But the things that were in her apartment that were her treasures. Yeah. You know, before she died, like she knew that she was ill and she was 92. So she knew it was coming. And she had little stickers <laughs> that she had us She wrote our names on and she had us pick out what we wanted. And some of the most treasured items in my home now are these marble end tables that I built my whole living room around. Like I needed a couch that looked nice. I don't know if you've ever noticed them. Well, now I will. Now you will. And a big mirror in our dining room that weighs like a gazillion pounds. So we have anchors in the wall. But like – I know that mirror. uh, You know that mirror. And it's very special to me. And – I'm I'm grateful to her. Well, and granted, I was, you know, a granddaughter. I wouldn't necessarily have been the one cleaning out a lot of her stuff. But the idea that she did thoughtfully oh, yeah. um, approach her things as like, if people want these, claim them. Right. If you don't, then, you know, when her kids were ready to clean things out, they knew like things that didn't need to be held on to. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, there's much deeper – Reasons. and no, parents in our 30s and 40s aren't necessarily thinking about like, well, if something happens to me tomorrow, what is happening to all this stuff of mine? But sometimes I do look at my things and I'm like, why am I saving this? Yeah. why do I think or why did I think this sparked joy enough to put it in a drawer when it's really just taking up space? Correct. And if something were to happen to me, I'm leaving it to my loved ones to figure out Correct. or to dispose of. Yeah, um I want to read another passage out of this book
1: that or out of this um article that really gets to that point. But first I want to share my grandmother, my dad's mom was so funny. She would write these little notes on things and it would say something like I would like this doll to go to Amanda. But then she would write, "But I'll be dead, so I don't care. Do what you want." <laughs>
0: Amazing. <laughs> she was like, whatever, great. I'll be dead. Well, I will say that the <laughs> sticker with my name on it in my grandmother's handwriting, Nana, we called her, um, is still on the bottom of one of the marble tables. So I That'd get a little spark, teary sorry. just thinking about it. And every time I clean it and like, yeah, so –
1: Yes. so this article goes on to say, Kondo was right, Magnuson too. We might not be as spiritual a people as some, but Americans rewrote the book on possessions. We collect stuff with an alarming speed in spectacular quantities, and we have an almost spiritual or at least irrationally devoted relationship to it. It is not too much to say that our stuff occupies a place in our home somewhere between family and pets. We just don't like being asked to think too hard about why. And then she up with saying what's resonant or I'll wrap up by reading what's resonant about Kondo's latest revelation is that she's reprioritizing her tidy first mantra in favor of time with her children, which means she's willing to continue examining her relationship to things, too. She's just trying to make it work like the rest of
0: us. Right. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Mic moment. drop. Moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel like there's some reasonable people out there. Yeah. And so. Yeah. You and I both just read a book, so I started listening to it, and Uh then my library loan expired, (laughs) so I have to re-up that. But I've been wanting to read this book for years, however long ago it came out, Um, but I follow... Casey Davis on – it's the letters Casey yes. Davis on Instagram. Her handle is Struggle Care. She has a podcast called Struggle Care, and the book is called How to Keep House While Drowning. Yes. So you did read it. So I did. tell me. You got a little further into it than I did. Yeah, I did. I think I also
1: got it at the library, and I had to, like, rush because it was about to be digitally returned. Anyway, Um yeah, her book I love because it's very much speaking to people that are likely in this season that Marie Kondo is in right now, R- really young kids or possibly caring for someone else or have a long-term illness or something where you're just drowning. But you do still have to keep house. You can't just let everything go to hell, you know? Um, and so I really appreciated that she really foregoes, asks people to forego that sort of aesthetic, you know, like just put baskets in every room or put all the dirty dishes in a um, like a bin and like throw a towel over it until you can get to it later in the afternoon, right? Just giving yourself a lot of the great, a lot of grace. I have taken some of that to heart because like I've mentioned a million times, I think I probably have ADHD because everything that I try for people with ADHD always works for me. (laughs) But one of the things that she talks about in that book is having baskets everywhere, laundry baskets. And so I actually put a laundry basket kind of shoved one in this tight little corner in our bathroom because it was always – I was always experiencing a lot of friction with, like, where to put our towels. Mm -hmm. I like for our towels to be separated from the main laundry because I like to do a towels load.
0: Samsies. Right? Mm -hmm. So you
1: separate them too? I do because I
0: wash them on hot and – So you have a different basket for towels. I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have a divider in our basement that has – like I have four different types of laundry. So where are the towel? how do they get down to the basement? Are they – yeah, sorry. So they get put in a regular hamper. Okay. And then when I go downstairs to put stuff from the hampers in the actual washing machine, I pull out the towels and I put them in okay, the towel so bin. Okay, yeah. And then once the towel bin, sort, you know, sorted bin is – Mm Full-ish. Then I wash a whole load of towels. We have enough towels on standby that like I can wait until it's full. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I was doing a system like that, but I'm liking going upstream a little bit more and having a towels exclusive laundry basket in the um, bathroom because Mm -hmm. also I've started using Brooke, those like reusable cotton rounds. Mm -hmm. And I like being able to just use it and toss it right in the little towel bin. And then they're not everywhere. And so Mm -hmm. all of that is to say that I gave up on sort of what might have been more aesthetically pleasing for more function. And so it is sort of that idea of function over form. And that's, you know, when you're in a season like that, when you're busy, crazy, like Marie Kondo is, or like this woman that wrote the book about while drowning, you know, it's mm-hmm. all about like figuring out how you're going to make your days go more smoothly. Yeah. And that usually does not
0: involve like rainbow um, organized pantries. No. Mm-hmm. which it's fine if that's your thing but i i don't know anyone who can maintain that mm-hmm. <laughs> very well <laughs> um but yeah and, and in terms of aesthetics like i'm not a minimalist like i love a gallery wall i love tchotchkes when they do spark joy and but i've never felt like anyone quote unquote anyone was they were telling me I couldn't have those things it's just like what purpose is this serving is it creating more anxiety or clutter and if it is then figuring out how to manage it in a way that feels joyful to me correct me because it's my house correct yeah yes
1: It's all about what sparks joy. Like, it's not like, oh, this is what a house that that sparks joy looks like. It's so individual. Yeah. Like a house that sparks joy, you could walk into it and it could actually feel cluttered to you. Yeah. But it's because all this artwork and all these books and all of these trip memories, like, spark joy for that
0: person. I think this is such an interesting conversation and it's a good one to just kind of keep going. And, And I love, I never read that the book, the Swedish one, that it's I'm going to botch the title. But you've mentioned it for years now, so I should read it. Yeah. It's, it's a nice
1: good little time. afternoon read. It's so short. All right? Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll put that in the show notes.
0: Ugh. All righty. Okay. Let's
1: take a little matcha break.
0: Let's take a break. <laughs> okay.
1: You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet.
0: Now, back to the show.
1: We are back. We're back. Oh, nope. (laughs) Just cut that. (laughs) Cut that. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to cut that. Okay.
0: All right. We're back. (laughs) And Amanda, what's sparking joy for you? You wouldn't tell me. I like when we kind of hide details from each other about these because we have a little document where we write about like we organize our show, yeah, but, we but share sometimes
1: you don't share like the details, yeah, because we want the the banter to be live, Off the cuff, cuff, the cuff, mm-hmm. as it's happening. So I wanted to share this tool for money management mm. that is called Simplify by Quicken, okay. and it's Simplify with an I at the end, not a Y. We'll put it in
0: the show notes.
1: Yes, this little service costs about either 5.99 a month if you pay monthly or i think either 2 or 3.99 if you do the annual plan that it works out too. Amanda loves a subscription. I love a good little subscription. <laughs> so, i have used Quicken, like the desktop software for years. And it's for your business? For, no, personal. for personal. Okay. So it's basically kind of like balancing your checkbook online, mm. where you can see the money in, the money out. You can, I even have loved it because it, it gives me like a calendar where you can see cash flow issues. So like, oh, we get paid on the 1st and then the mortgage is due on the 15th and ooh, like things are going to dip a little bit. Anyway. 14th is a rough day. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not for you. I'm just saying in general. In general. <laughs> right. So, um, but Quicken itself, that desktop software is a little complicated. Okay. So I like this new web service that they have that is called Simplify because you can... Put in, and it will automatically upload all of your transactions. You can take a look at them and see, um, you know, check all the charges. You can even click a little box that says reviewed. You can categorize them, and you can track things like how much did I spend at Starbucks last month? Or how much are we spending on groceries? You can set up a budget. You can set up a watch list. It'll even show you the cash flow of when things are going to start to get low. I was talking about this to a client the other day, and the feature that totally sold her on it was refund tracker. Mm. So you can click a little transaction and actually say, I'm expecting a refund for this. And
0: when the refund comes in, it'll match it. And it'll say, you got your refund. You're liking that feature. I do like that because I- you know if i return something from amazon and yes. i like take it to kohl's or the ups store a lot of times then it's out of sight out of mind Correct. and i don't always remember to check the credit card statement or a lot of times with amazon it like it credits my account which i don't know if simplify would probably not be able to track that but yeah but just um
1: yeah, that sounds that's yeah. So I like it because if you're if you don't get the refund, then it'll keep reminding you yeah. you haven't
0: gotten this refund that you said.
1: I also really like the check boxes with the reviewed because I do handle the finances in my um, in the house. But sometimes it will be this like really weird description of like what is this charge? And so I can leave it unchecked and then talk with Fernando and be like, what is this? And he'll be like, oh, that's the cover for the camper or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I can ma- add a little note and put it as reviewed. But yeah, we're trying to, you know, tighten our belts a little bit and man, what we are spending at the grocery store, what we are spending on restaurants, like even just stuff like and we renewed our zoo membership and then we got a Franklin
0: Institute membership and all that. We like, ooh, ow. It adds up. Look at all that. Had you ever used Mint.com or anything like that? Because I used to use Mint and I, I still have an account because they're always telling me, like, you got to update this. And I'm like, ugh, I just have to go in and either cancel it or update it. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I've never been good at having a set budget or having a really good handle <laughs> yeah. on things. I mean, we use our credit card for the bulk of things and so yeah. I I give the credit card statement a quick glance and usually make sure everything looks legit and you know, but I'm I'm not super good about like really categorizing expenses and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I uh I don't know. I like software, you know. I like the tech, so I do like being on top of it and um, I have used Mint before. I think I was looking this time. I was
0: a lot of times the budgeting features like they don't work for my brain. Yeah, they don't make sense. Well, that's why I'm wondering if I need to look at this Simplify because you and I have the similar needs. Again, yeah, neither of us have been diagnosed with ADHD, but a lot of ADHD things work for me. So maybe this is something that if it works well for your brain and how you're looking at the finances.
1: Yeah, because it has, like, the budgeting side. It'll say, like, okay this is how much so this was your income and then you'll put in uh, what I like about it is that you put in all your recurring bills mm-hmm. they have a bill section and then they have a subscription section mm-hmm. and I like that because it's kind of like the bills are like you know your water your mortgage but then subscriptions is stuff that's more you know wiggle room right like the audibles and the blah, and our Panera monthly coffee that gonna, I signed up
0: for. they're gonna tell me to get rid of some streaming services <laughs> I know we have
1: all the streaming
0: services I, yeah the streaming services If I truly took a look at all of our subscriptions, I'm sure it would be a startling reality check. So maybe I'll look into Simplify. Yeah.
1: So I'll put a link in the show notes. And I was looking to see if I had some sort of coupon code or anything for it, but I don't. Rude. So, yes.
0: <laughs> all right, I forgive you. Really. Right. All-
1: what are you doing to do your future self a favor, Brooke?
0: So, this was a tip that my mom, Fran, had taught me, Yay. Fran's tips. We all Fran of Freezer <laughs> Fame. Um, you know, this was a tip that like I don't even know when she taught me, but I've realized there's so many people in the world who don't know this tip. Mm. So, listen, you're going to need to look at your own car's manual. But, Amanda, did you know that when your windshield is fogged up, Hmm. you don't just hit the defrost button and the temperature controls, but you also need to hit the AC button for it to defog your windows.
1: Now, are you putting it on cold or hot, the temperature?
0: Um, Depending on the season? It depends on the outdoor temperature that you're trying to match to to defog. Mm -hmm. This is not. <laughs> this is not scientific, and I might need to look that up. But whatever your strategy is for defogging, Make if you sure get frustrated it's because it's not working, on. it will work once you hit the AC button. Okay. And I shared this years ago with an old wedding blogger friend um, on like she had posted something on Instagram that this was like a source of frustration for her. And I was like, just hit the AC button. And she was like, oh my God, I never knew this. It totally worked. So good. So that's just my little do your future self a favor is to remember this tip. The next time you get in the car and the windows are fogged up and you're frustrated because you can't drive away yet, just press all the buttons. Not all the buttons. Press all the buttons. (laughs) Press defog blast, whatever defrost and ac or whatever like you know the temperature control that you need to hit and then hit that ac function button um yes or
1: warm. yes yeah. i took my mom's car in for service at the honda dealership the other day and they were instructing me to clean the inside of her windshield with with actual Windex, not some natural glass cleaner. And they said do a really, really, really wet pass and then a couple of dry passes because they did they do say that the inside of your windshield gets a lot of those little tiny particles oh, yeah. and it can get really fogged like up that film. Which reminds me they told me to do that
0: and I have not done that. Well, and that's not even necessarily fog. That's like a filmy, like dirty right. I actually started using, and I will we'll link to it in the show notes, um, my friend Amanda from Love and Renovations. Uh on Instagram, and she has a blog, she had shared these microfiber cloths Mm -hmm. and then this second cloth that you use to wipe afterwards. So you use a damp microfiber Uh cloth to wipe the inside of your windshield or any glass because Uh I was so sick of streaks and fingerprints and things like that. So I now use this strategy on my mirrors, on my um, front windows because we have a lot of windows in the front of our house. And I used it on the inside of my car and it worked really well Uh, because I don't – I hate. Is it a special microfiber cloth that you purchased? Probably not. But it's the second cloth that comes with it that like polishes it. Mm -hmm. So you use a damp microfiber cloth to wipe it Mm -hmm. clean and just with water. And then you use this second cloth that's like a different fabric that kind of polishes it and gets rid of the streaks. Because I hate the smell of Windex. And so when you do it in your car, then your car smells like Windex. So this is another streak strategy perhaps
1: i'm gonna get this little item i find um it very satisfying to wipe glass surfaces
0: yeah well and my windshield when it's filthy like it's when i'm in the middle of driving on a highway that i notice it and you don't always have the opportunity to clean it so making it like so i started keeping the at least the microfiber cloth in my um what's that what's that thing called glove compartment thank you Which brooke
1: Why is it called a glove compartment? Because Because people used used to drive with gloves. gloves, But why do we still call it a glove compartment? Because we don't put gloves in there. One last random note is that in Chile, it's quite convenient because there is a whole informal economy that pops up at stoplights Mm -hmm. of people doing things for you when you're at a stoplight, like performing, juggling, gymnastics. One of the services that is provided is windshield
0: washing this we come upon this a lot in baltimore when we go to visit my brother yeah. people always want to clean our windshields and we're leaving we get them, we, we're like yep yeah but i need it inside i cleaned. know and so you don't want to necessarily invite to, like, that <laughs> be like i'll get person. out of this stuff like you just get in the driver's yeah, seat but i do, my it is a nice service yeah. i miss that
1: a bit maybe i need to go to
0: baltimore to get my. <laughs> there you go yeah. or you could just clean your own windows amanda. or i could <laughs> yeah but they've got the whole squeegee thing you they know do. they've got tools they have that at the gas station too amanda
1: But then that's a DIY situation. You don't want to do it. I do. I'm just saying it's really nice to be in
0: a stoplight. You'd like to have it taken care of and just give someone a couple bucks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think in Jersey they do this, you know, because in Jersey you can't pump pump your own gas. And so I think sometimes they will do
0: the windshield service too for a little tipperoo. I feel so uncomfortable letting someone else pump the gas to my car. I know. I just, like, it's so funny. One of my best friends from college, she lived in New Jersey her whole life and- when we went to, they don't know how to pump gas University of Delaware, like, I feel like I had to teach her how to pump – like, she didn't know what to do. Yeah. And – felt really uncomfortable having to get out of the car. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I feel uncomfortable having someone pump my gas while I just sit there in the driver's seat. Yeah. You feel like a like, kind of kind of like a diva. Yeah, yeah. I know it creates jobs and it's great, but I just I feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. So anyway. Um, anyway yeah. I mean, so let me know if that uh, defogging tip works. Try it, everybody. Because I didn't do a ton of research. <laughs> <laughs> but sample friend. size
1: one. Two, three. Sample size of three.
0: Yes, Fran
1: said it works. I'm going to try so, it. Okay,
0: all right. And um, another little plug for our show notes, where we always put all of these exciting products. Exciting. We are starting to get a little bit better about having some affiliate links, so you can support the podcast. Yes. And don't forget that we have a Facebook group for our listeners. Ooh. Am I currently the only one who starts conversations? <laughs> yes, you- I. And I start good ones. And people do comment. You kind of threw me under the bus the other day. Yeah, because you said
1: Amanda's trying to make the wah a thing. We both say the wa brook. You started we... it. I started it, but you say it too. It's fine. And I think you're trying to make it a thing too. It's I, not just me.
0: I kind of had to throw you under the bus to see if you were even
1: reading. She Facebook was page. with her like other Delco friends, like, oh yeah, Amanda's <laughs> trying to make
0: this the wa. And they were like, uh. And I was like, No. <laughs> well,
1: Correction. they had already
0: they had already thrown you under the bus about the Uggs. Anyway, there's some intense, hilarious conversations going on over there, but I don't want to be. Okay, yes, okay, yeah. So c- c- join the group. Join the group. Start join. some convo. And the
1: password, because you have to say who is the mascot of yes. the podcast, which is Junie. We you all can know smel- it's Junie. You can spell it yeah. however you want.
0: It's really just, you know, to keep out, like, the spammers who are going to try to come into the group and try to sell us their stuff. So um, come on in join um just search for good enough ish with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey and use that little password and we'll let you in. Yes. And I just I just want some other people. Yeah I know. You're lonely I'm in there. I'm lonely. And it's fine because I know that it's like Who's going to be the first to start a conversation? If you're the first one, maybe we'll mention you on an upcoming episode. Oh, please. Yes. Please do. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. And the last thing is if you guys want to come on Saturday to join me, declutter some area of your home for two hours, you get five bucks off with code good enough
0: fish. Yup. Check the show notes for that link as well. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough Ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish.
1: Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.